This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Credit. To management, the high-level mustaches, got to get a pat on the back today. You know we call them out, even though we work under their auspices. And so when they deserve credit, we got to give it to them. And that's uh, in part what this Late Kick Extra podcast episode will be about today. It is, after all, the Late Kick Extra podcast. It is Wednesday, wherever you may be. It is March 30th, the year of our Lord, 2022. I got a busy day ahead of me. I'm recording this on Tuesday, but we're still just as jam-packed, just as wall-to-wall as we normally would be. What is this credit? We're normally here together fighting the man tooth and nail. What has the man done for us lately? Well, I'll tell you in just a few minutes. You know how this works. This is all Q&A. We've been having really, quite frankly, a blast doing this format. I've even taken it over to Late Kick Live over the past month. So, hey, I see no reason to stop. So we got a lot of questions to get to here. I'm still emptying out some that you sent like a month ago. So let's dive in here, and then I'll explain everything that's going on throughout the next, whatever, 30 minutes, an hour. We're not really constrained by time in this world. Kevin wants to know, how do you advise me to go about enjoying college football if NIL is starting to turn me off? Now, I know a lot of you are tired of listening to NIL. That's why I don't do a lot of NIL segments. I'm tired of it, too. Kevin's not asking just about NIL. Kevin's asking about Kevin. And I know a lot of you out there feel the same way. You see these headlines. You look at these dollar figures. You remember the once upon a time, which is not all that long ago, where college football it just seemed more pure. Then someone in the back of the room would say, well, you know, it was never pure. Yeah, but you know what you mean when you say it, too. So Kevin wants to know, if I'm turned off by this stuff, what's the advice? Kevin, here's the best way I can put it to you, brother. If you walk around your house, if you look at the products, the appliances, if you look at what you do for fun, if you look at your vehicle, Kevin, I don't really think you want to know every single minute detail that went into the construction of that vehicle, of that washing machine, of all these amenities that we love in life, some of them recreationally. Do you really know how your kayak or canoe was constructed? Now, if you got it in Academy Sports and Outdoors, it's on the up and up, obviously. But my point is, there are a lot of areas in our life where we do things, where we have things, where we enjoy things that you just, you know ahead of time. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Sometimes I go to restaurants and don't want to know how the food's being prepared. And certainly there are things in our life. Some are physical in nature and others are not tangible in nature. There are things in our lives where you've got a result, you've got a product, if you will, and you're better off just not knowing how it got there. Kevin, I know it's a new concept and I don't like it any more than you do in many cases. I would advise you to look at college football the same way. If you're turned off by NIL, do what a lot of people do. I look at the numbers, Kevin. A lot of people just don't click on the stories. A lot of people don't watch the videos. I mean, like I said before, you've noticed a very, very hard pivot on Late Kick. When's the last time you saw me do an NIL segment? I don't. I don't because you don't care about it. And so you know, the only thing that concerns you right now clearly is, well, if I don't like the overall haze it's putting over my sport and our sport college football, how do I rectify that? I would tell you ignore it just like you do in other areas of your life. 
may sound a little blunt. It may even sound a little cruel if we really extrapolate that out to what I actually mean. I think we all know what I mean. We've not, we've not gone this far in our lives, if you're an adult out there, without having this conversation once or ten times in our lives. And therefore, that's my advice. My advice is if you love college football, you're still going to love it. Absolutely, as will I. But you don't like some aspects of it, just ignore it. Best advice you'll ever receive, Kevin, take the things you don't like in life, you know, like taxes and unpaid bills and whatnot, just ignore it. Don't follow. Please don't follow that last bit of advice, kids. I tried it in my early 20s. It turns out the government doesn't forget. They may forget a lot of things they need to remember. They don't forget that, though. Marcus, next up. I watch replays of old games to pass the time during the X season, which Marcus understands we use here in lieu of off-season. And Marcus says, I'm curious. Which game would you advise someone to watch from 2021 if you could only choose one? This answer is really easy for me because Marcus just so happens to be asking the day after I watch the replay of this game. Red River Shootout, Texas OU. That would be October 9th, high noon, 11 a.m. Central Time kickoff from the Cotton Bowl in Dallas, Texas. Yours truly was there. I have well documented by this point my experience. I'm not at all unwilling to document it once more, but think about the game. Forget me being there. Forget the mild sunburn I got and getting to meet Bevo and watching gunfire on both end zones all afternoon because both schools have artillery-based touchdown celebrations. And since there were over 100 combined points in the game, we had plenty of celebration that afternoon. But think about the game. It was 28-7. to There were multiple times Texas has a three-touchdown lead in the game. And then OU, not with their starting quarterback in Spencer Rattler, but their backup true freshman who's yet to start a game in Caleb Williams, leads a comeback, and they get all the way back to tie it 41 up. And then Xavier Worthy, who's a true freshman for Texas, he's just going off. He's having a career on an afternoon. And he catches a touchdown pass right in front of me. We use that video all the time. That's standard Texas B-roll for us on Late Kick Live. And so he's going off, but they left a minute and change on the clock. And OU, I think they got to where they just needed a field goal. It was a tie game. And they get down there, it's 48 all, and there was like 15 seconds to go. And they're just trying to line it up for a field goal. And then it was, I think, Kennedy Brooks just broke one off to the end zone and said, don't worry about it. We'll just, we'll just take all six of these points here and we'll head back to Norman with the win. And I remember thinking to myself, what did I just witness? And I would tell you, if you watch it, yeah, you can go find the condensed game. But, I mean, if you really got some downtime, like it sounds like you do here. i got to pull the uh, document up. Marcus, if it sounds like you have some downtime, you ought to watch the whole game, minus the commercials, of course. Pull up the, the longer-form YouTube file. It is a ride. I mean, that's a roller coaster ride. And then here's, here's the best part. This is what I love trying to give you access to. Since it was 11 a.m. kickoff, it's just blue skies. It's so beautiful there that afternoon. It's, it's early October, so the air is not freezing cold, but it's nice and crisp. The humidity's largely been sucked out of the area. So it's just great. It is great. Love it. After the game, it's only like 3.30 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So I'm down on the field, and I'm doing post-game stuff for CBS. And this place has been full of however many thousands of people, and I've been listening to gunfire go off for three and a half, four hours, and it's just been constant bedlam. First time I ever heard that word was Sean McDonough in the 1992 NLCS when the Braves beat the Pirates in Game 7. This place is bedlam, and I've used it ever since. I know that there's an actual rivalry game between OU and Oklahoma State named Bedlam, but it was Bedlam that afternoon, too. So anyway, it was the most surreal thing, because I'm standing there on the field waiting for them to toss to me for the live hit. I think it may have been Joe Musso or uh, oh, who else would have been there? Hakeem Dermish may have been there. 
But as I'm standing there, this place has gone from so raucous to being so quiet you can hear the cups blowing around and the empty bottles blowing around. And I'm thinking to myself, what a juxtaposition. It was so, it's kind of eerie feeling. It's like that feeling if you've, I don't know if you guys are like this or maybe I'm just the only weirdo that thinks this way, but if you're in a place where you know something huge happened at one time, or in this case, had happened within the last two hours, and then it's just bathed in silence, and you think about that, that juxtaposition of one moment in time versus this moment in time, it's really surreal to look around and think, man, this place an hour ago was anything but this. So yeah, Marcus, I'd send them right to the Red River Shootout, and don't you dare let them call it rivalry. Send them to that game, and if it's an agnostic fan out there, if you're trying to convert someone to college football, whew, you show them that game. And then they're going to ask you, are they all like this? Just tell them, yeah, they'll find out later. Shane is about to ask us a question, but you know, I was talking earlier about management. And really, I waited for the story because I know if I know management like I think I do, they only listen to the first two or three minutes just to make sure the audio quality is good. Then they check it off on a little box and then they're out of here. Well, look, management, I got to give them some credit today. You know, a lot of you have been dealing with this. I don't know where you guys work. You work all over the world. We've been giving international shout outs left and right. But I know a lot of you in the United States, you either haven't gone back to the office yet, or maybe you've recently gone back to the office because of COVID. Well, I am a, uh, I used to be Viacom CBS employee, and I'm a Paramount employee. I never know what our company's called week to week. But anyway, I'm an employee of this place, and we're going back to the office tomorrow. Now, it doesn't really matter to us because we've been in the office the entire time. Director Colin, producer Jesse, uh, producer Jordan's even darkened the door of this place a time or two. But uh, everybody else has been gone. So everybody's returning tomorrow. And it's been a point of emphasis for the company for like a month. Our return to office date is going to be Wednesday, March 30th. They didn't say the year of our Lord 2022. I don't think it's allowed. But yeah, so that's tomorrow, Avi, or today as you're listening. And I have promptly thrown up the deuces and headed to Mississippi to chase tornadoes. That's where I'm at today. As you're listening, I'm probably on I-55 or I-22. I'm somewhere in Mississippi or maybe even Louisiana chasing tornadoes. And... I told management, didn't really ask permission, but I told management, I ain't going to be here tomorrow. I got tornadoes to chase. And you know what the high-level mustaches said? They leaned back, took a sip of sparkling water their secretary just delivered, and said, okay, we get it. We get it. How about that? I mean, did you ever think, whomstead of thought, the day would come where I had to praise management here? So look, they're letting us do, well, they're letting me do my thing today. I think a lot of you think I'm insane for doing this, but I may have a story or two for you come Sunday if everything goes right. We had a bust last week, so hopefully things go a lot better today. All right, let's get ourselves back on track here. Who's up next? I keep minimizing the document. Troy's up next. Now, Troy is asking a question that has tripped up lesser men before, so let me be very careful here. He said, when you cover games, do you root for a specific thing? Like, for instance, do you always want to see an upset happen? I honestly, it's a case-to-case basis, kind of a week-to-week thing, Troy. There are some times where, I don't know, it, it kind of depends on how we've talked about the game throughout the week. Like, I'm not, so, I'm not so dense as to tell you I don't want to be right. So if I made a prediction on a game, yeah, I want to be proven right. But then there are a lot of times where, let's, let's say I was smart enough to use the credential I had for A&M versus Alabama last year instead of flying home after the aforementioned Red River shootout. And let's say I was there. Well, I picked Alabama to win that game. But if we got into the fourth quarter and I realized, okay, this is nip and tuck, and Bama's having to come from behind. I have a real chance here to see the biggest upset of the year. Yeah, I'd probably change my rooting interest. Because, I mean, listen, my entire purpose for choosing the events, the games that we go to, 
because I want to be at the game everyone's talking about the next day. That's our sole purpose. And that's why sometimes we took the Renaissance tour to a city other than the one you thought that we'd be in. Sometimes it made sense and the obvious choice was the right choice. But that kind of makes me that kind of makes me view it through a different lens. Yeah, I'd love to see crazy things happen. But look, if you give me a good game, I'm fine either way. Oklahoma, I mean, I believe they were favored over Texas last year. Look, it was, an, it was a classic game. So at that point, I don't care who wins. The game that upset me the most was, uh, it was Iowa-Iowa State. Now, I did have a rooting interest there. I mean, I openly root for Iowa State. And it was a turnover-filled game for the Cyclones. They never gave themselves a chance to win. And the thing about it is, it wasn't late in the game when it happened. I mean, it was kind of a snowball effect over three or four quarters. And that was one I built up for a long time. Longtime followers of the show will know I even went so far as to take photographs of myself in a cornfield. Uh, normal people looked at it and said, oh, cool, he's in a cornfield. Iowans in the audience immediately noticed it was not Iowa corn. I don't know how they picked that out, but they know corn better than I do. Uh, yeah, I was caught. We were in Mock, Georgia. That is where the cornfield was. I don't want to get any more specific than that, but we were in Mock, Georgia. But yeah, I, I root for what's in the best interest of making me seem like I know what I'm talking about. And then I want to see the most interesting thing happen. I want to be where the craziness goes down. I want to be able to be telling people I was there. If you listen to the show, you know how prideful I am when I say I was there. I was on the sideline for this game. Hey, that's a big deal because I'm still about eight years old. I just have an adult body, but I'm eight years old. And so it excites me to be able to say that. Always will. Blaine is up next. Blaine said, choose one program and you can just snap your fingers and you can instantly see them become a national powerhouse. Nebraska would be my choice. And I could put the word again on the end of this question. See them become a national title powerhouse again. Blaine, I'm choosing Nebraska, man. So think this through with me. If Nebraska became a national, just perennial powerhouse program again, what would have to have happened? The dynamics would have to have shifted. They would have had to get the right coach in there. And, and I don't know how it happens, but look, you told me all I have to do is snap my fingers. So I did. And here's Nebraska just neck and neck with Ohio State and Bama every single year. Great. How did it happen? That's my next question. What pathway did they go about? Because here's the thing I'm thinking about. If I get Nebraska back to elite status, whatever they did in Lincoln, Nebraska, is certainly going to be applicable across the entire country, all four corners of the country. And what I mean by that is no longer, if Nebraska figures it out, would you be able to make the excuse that, oh, the resources, they just cripple us to the point where we can't compete on the highest level in this sport. A lot of people say that right now. The reason I'd love to see Nebraska figure it out is because Nebraska's parked in the middle of the heartland. So if you want to complain that you don't have access to talent and you don't have the kind of resources that a major program does, well, if Nebraska figures it out, I would forever be able to point at Nebraska and say, well, how are they doing it? You know, I mentioned Iowa State a second ago. I have felt Iowa State has been this for a little while. The problem is people, they're so shallow in their thinking that they look at Iowa State and they say, well, that's a bad comparison. Iowa State hasn't won a national title. Yeah, but what they've achieved, the level that they've performed at relative to their access to resources or lack thereof has been nothing short of phenomenal. You know, there, in other words, there are programs out there where Iowa State has fractional access to resources as they do, but yet they're still achieving at a higher level than those programs. But I'd love it. I mean, for nostalgia purposes alone, I'd love it. Don't get me wrong. Even if you ignore everything else I just rambled on about, you just give me Nebraska in a national championship game again, man, it would feel... 
in a world where the sport has been on such a slippery slope or slopes in so many ways, it would be such a throwback. It'd be so great. It's like like Stone Cold coming out of retirement for WrestleMania. It'd be like, hey, one for the 90s kids. Okay. And that and that's exactly how I would feel if Nebraska all of a sudden just popped off a run of about a decade of perennial national title contention. Can you imagine that? What would have to happen though? Oh, I just want to think it through, but it's very unprofessional for me to daydream while I've got the mic turned on. So I guess what I'm going to have to do is toss you to break. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You don't have to tell me. I know I got you on that one. You don't even have to say anything. I won't acknowledge it if you won't acknowledge it. But any of you who claims you saw that ad toss coming are lying to me and you're lying to yourselves. And quite frankly, be better. Let's dive back in. Nathaniel, not to be confused with Nathan now. Nathaniel wants to know which quarterback race in spring I'm keeping my eye on. Well, Nathaniel, I call them battles in spring. I don't call them races. So not that you really care about my semantical side of the equation, but I'm looking at Texas A&M. Got a call today from a hashtag well-placed source. That quarterback battle in College Station is going to be real. It is real. And I, the thing about it is I've talked to people on both sides of the fence. Like There are some people out there who just assume Max Johnson will be the starter. That's the LSU transfer for those unfamiliar with the inner workings of the portal over the past six months. And then on the other side, you got people who assume, well, if Haynes King is healthy, he'll be our starter. I've always been of the opinion there's going to have to be a battle there because if Haynes King is healthy, he's not some easy out. Short of Bryce Young transferring to College Station, that's not a guy, you know, C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young comes in there, okay. But Max Johnson comes in there. All due respect to Max Johnson, Haynes King's going to fight him. That's going to be a battle. So this was never a situation where I looked at College Station and said, oh, A&M, man, they'll have their quarterback battle figured out within a couple of weeks, and, and then we'll start install, and, man, they'll hit the ground running, and they'll be well ahead of the curve come fall. Uh, okay, well, I don't think that's the way it's going to play out. I don't think that's the way it is playing out there. By the way, that's not a bad thing. That's why God invented spring practice. And also, and this is where we have to really be careful, coaching staffs know it, even though none of them talk about it publicly, but Nathaniel, think about it for a second, buddy. You're an A&M fan because I can see your avatar. Do you really want a clear quarterback picture to emerge by the end of spring? Because we all know in the transfer portal era what a clear picture means. It means you're going to wake up any given morning, put your contacts in, roll over, check your eye, Josh, or maybe your eye, Nathaniel, and there's the headline. So-and-so is under the transfer portal, and it kills your quarterback depth. And then what if you get a repeat of last year? You get early in the season, less than a quarter of the way through, all of a sudden, there goes your starting quarterback. Well, in a world where the picture remains hazy, 
and both guys battle well into fall camp, maybe you've got Haynes King or Max Johnson as your backup. But if we exit spring and this thing's just concluded and decided, chances are you ain't got one of them because both of those guys are starting caliber quarterbacks. And I have said the word ain't already twice on the pod. What an every man's college football podcast. And I'm wearing the blue shirt, even though I'm not recording video right now. So you know the collar's blue now and forever. But I think it's best for all parties involved that this quarterback battle remains a battle and it's it's authentic. It's real. I'm not saying they're manufacturing it whatsoever, but the hashtag well-placed source said, just in case you were going to be surprised by this, hey, it's a battle out here. And I don't think it's a bad thing. In fact, I think it's best for your program. If you've got multiple legitimate options, keep them fighting. I mean, get into the second week of fall camp for all I care, and then let the chips fall where they may. When you have to declare one, declare one. But wait as long as possible. I don't think I'm telling Jimbo Fisher, who no doubt listens to the pod cover to cover, I don't think I'm telling him anything he doesn't already know, even though we are not deep enough into the portal era where any coach would dare admit this. None of them would ever admit they think like that. Most every one of them actually does think like that. And by that, I mean keeping the suspense or the illusion of suspense as long as possible because when guys think they have a shot they're more likely to stay on campus and less likely to boop, hop into the portal uh next up melanie oh boy i should have teased this at the beginning of the show a lot of you asked me about this if you're new around here it's probably going to stun you what i'm about to openly discuss but um here's what the question is i'll just go ahead and read it to you and then i'll let you know what the update is melanie asks are you going to tell us when something happens with your contract and or the show. Yes, absolutely. I'm going to keep you up to date. I posted an update, I think around a month ago. I don't know. Time's kind of blended together lately, but here's where we are. Where we are is my contract is up with CBS and 24-7 Sports as of May 31st, which if you're doing the math out there is around two months from now. As of this moment, I have not entered into a new deal with this company nor any other company. Uh, there is nothing that is imminent. I have spoken at length with CBS. Those talks have been ongoing. I'm representing myself in this matter. It sounds really, really fancy, a lot fancier than it should be. It's just me. But there's nothing I can tell you publicly yet or privately. If we were talking off air, I still really couldn't tell you anything, Melanie. I will say, I mean, the dialogue's been really good. There are several seemingly infinite routes that you can go these days. Some are obvious, some are not. I have well laid all this out for CBS. CBS has well laid out their position. It's not like we're at a stalemate or anything like that. It's progressing. It always has to get up to the 11th hour before you really get action on these sorts of things. Think of it no different than an assignment in high school. Think of it as a book report. You know when that thing's due. Everyone knows when the contract's up, but sometimes you just got to feel that heat. Here's what you need to know, Melanie. Here's what anyone else listening needs to know. This show will not go anywhere, even if I were to not even work here anymore. The show is going to be around. The show is going to exist. So don't worry about that. And if any changes happen to the show, it will only be for the better. And there are things coming either way that are going to be long overdue. For example, like I was telling you this time last year, because I was sure that we were going to get it and we had to delay it. Pate State and Late Kick Merchandise? I mean, come on. It's such a no-brainer. And so we're going to have it now. Make no mistake, I will tell you that. We're going to get what we, as a community, want, one way or the other. <laughs> it sounded like a hostage situation. It's not that. It's amicable. And, and not like divorce amicable. I'm saying we're working through it. It's amicable. But Melanie, when, when I know, you'll know. That's the way I'll put it. I may even do like a commitment video. I may have a press conference or whatever we want to do with it. May just announce it on the show. May just tweet it out at 3 a.m. But you will know when I know. I did want to tell you this, though. It's been really, really refreshing 
to be able to be open about this is in and of itself an indication about how well I've been treated here. I'm, I know I joke around sometimes about about management and whatnot, but let me tell you, they have let us do what we want. You can tell by the kind of show that we do. You can tell by how it doesn't really have a corporate feel to it at all. They haven't tried to blend it in to anything else. So I really appreciate that. Dan Davidson, who is a, he lets me use his first and last name. He is a longtime listener and viewer of Late Kick. He wrote me an email yesterday and I told him I was going to read it on air. Because if you want to know, especially for those of you who are new around here, you, you hear some of these phrases and it kind of feels a little weird, a little different around here. What are these people up to? What's this What's this show about? I heard about it. I'm checking it out. What's it about? Dan Davidson wrote an email, which actually sums up what we have here amongst ourselves. I do mean we, better than I could. He said, here's why I think your show is so popular. First off, you've given me what I long to have for many years, and that is a legitimate spokesperson for our sport, a continuation of the water cooler discussions that we already have amongst ourselves on a daily basis. Secondly, you're able to define the important elements that even those of us who understand the mechanics of the game may just overlook, things that end up making college football a completely unique fan experience. Thirdly, and in these times just as important, you've given us pure college football programming in a language we understand without all the divisive garbage that a true college football fan and sports fan is disgusted by. There's no political correctness, there's no narrative over truth, there's no corporate agenda, which sadly has become the norm. And lastly, you give me the feel that the program is not suit and tie. You are genuinely one of us, so props to all that, brother, because you've checked all the important boxes and achieved well-deserved success. That's from Dan. I'm not going to add anything on to that. If you ever wanted to know what this show's about, in a nutshell, that's what this show's about. Appreciate it, Dan. Get emails like that all the time. That one was just put together so succinctly. I decided to share it on air. Mark, up next, uh, what's happening with Twitter Spaces? Mark, I know I've talked about it and it's coming. It's just, just hold on. I got a specific concept I want to execute with Twitter Spaces. I don't just want to get on there and ramble and and not really have a purpose and really have an attractiveness about what we're doing. So just hold on. When when it's time to know, you'll know. I should not have said anything last couple of weeks ago and made it sound like it was going to happen immediately. It's going to happen. Just just be patient. Candace up next. How do you decide what to talk about on the show? Very easy, Candace. I just listen to you. And I not only listen to and read DMs and emails and stuff. I mean, you've got to be in touch with the undercurrent of college football. Like, it's easy for me to know what's going to click with you because I talk to you every day. And I'm on boards every day and Reddit and Twitter. I mean, I'm actually interacting with you. So it's no different than the way I grew up. I used to always be fascinated when I started pitching the concept of doing late kick independently when I used to do it way back in the day at the TV station. And the GM there said, well, how are you going to know what to talk about? I said, man, do you know what valuable a commodity, a simple subscription to 24 seven sports is? I actually said this, this is not me shilling for the company. I said, when you subscribe to 24 seven sports, you get access to every team website. And I paused and he said, okay, go on. He didn't know what I meant. He said, that means you get access to every fan community, every message board. You get to know what is actually being talked about and what is actually cared about everywhere. Like, it's the easiest concept in the world. Just talk about what they're talking about. Have a take, have an opinion on what they're talking about. But you know why you don't hear that more? Firstly, you don't hear it more because it's a very low-hanging fruit industry at this point. And so people don't really want to dig. They don't really want to take time and observe the subcurrent and then form their own opinions. But the other thing is, 
they don't relate to it. A lot of the programming that you used to be force-fed, and I used to be force-fed, and that's why I tried to do something about it, was happening from studios 2,000 miles away from you. A lot of times from people who had never lived around you, who were not of you, and did not really speak your language. So, you know, if you want to complain about it, okay, but if you've got some God-given ability and you have any kind of resource about yourself, then do something about it was my take. And so we've tried to do something about it. We tried to build the show in a way that reflects you instead of a boardroom. And we're going to continue to do it that way as long as we are allowed to do it that way. So that's how I decide, Candace. I talk about what you want to hear. The end. Shelton up next. I do a college football podcast. I was wondering, from someone who's been in both lanes, do you like working for a major company or do you like the independent life better? I like being able to live the independent life at a major company, which is quite literally what I have. Again, going back to the theme I touched on briefly a few minutes ago, this is a very, very best of both worlds scenario that management has allowed me to have here. And I don't want to take it for granted. I certainly don't. So I'm not kidding when I tell you guys it's a dream job. You get to just choose any game you want to go to. They pay the freight. Uh, You get to make your own schedule. As long as you're doing good work now. That's the prerequisite. So they think we do good enough work where you can come and go as you please, which still means grind seven days a week in the season. But you come and go as you please. You make your own hours. I have total creative control in the formatting of the show. And all that basically turns into us being able to do a product that is no different in in the feel of it than when I was independent. Those opportunities, I'm not going to lie to you now, are very few and far between. In fact... I've viewed what we're doing with Late Kick as very much being a trendsetter. Hopefully, that opens the door for more of you to do it this way. I have a big responsibility that I've taken upon myself to make sure I do good work. Because I know a lot of you out there are just as capable as I am of executing this. You may not have been given a shot. Well, I was the one who was given a shot. You know, R.J. Young with Fox has been given a shot. A few of us have been given a shot. It's up to us. It's up to us because for all I know... The chances and the fate of a dozen more of you out there may be riding on what I do with this opportunity. I've always thought that way. That's not some new concept to me. Uh, Nathan, up next, which game are you going to in week one this year? And why is the answer Cincinnati versus Arkansas? You may not be wrong there. You may not be wrong there, Nathan. Not to be confused with Nathaniel from earlier in the pod. So it's a loaded week one. It usually is. And everyone has got the Sharpie out already. And they're looking at Notre Dame at Ohio State. And that's a tough one to turn down. But as you know, one of the central themes on Late Kick for the past two years now has been my inability to go to an Arkansas game. Maybe unwillingness. Some of of you would dare say unwillingness. It's not quite that. It's just the stars haven't aligned. And you know the criteria as we get closer to this fall. Number one, we'll have to name what the tour is going to be. Last year was the Renaissance Tour. We as a we as a community here, we got to decide what that tour is going to be called. But secondly, we got to decide where we're going to go. And that Cincinnati-Arkansas game, that's not out of the realm of possibility. That place is going to be jacked up. That's a playoff team coming in. So don't forget that. And also, I don't think that the expectation level going into a game will have been higher in quite a while around the University of Arkansas, as it will be this year. K.J. Jefferson at quarterback. Man, I kind of get excited thinking about that. So, yeah, it's not like Ohio State doesn't have all those elements, too. Notre Dame under Marcus Freeman coming in there. But, you know, there are a lot of things that go into that. So the fact of the matter is I can confidently tell you Cincinnati versus Arkansas in Fayetteville. That will be a finalist for the week one yet-to-be-named tour destination. All right, look, here's what I need from you. I keep um, – I had something stuck in my teeth. My bad. I keep asking you for this. Uh, it's for a reason. It helps us out greatly. I, it's very simple. I just need you to subscribe 
wherever you are listening, maybe Spotify, maybe Apple, or on the YouTube channel, wherever you are, or ideally on all platforms, if you do nothing more than subscribe. That greatly helps us out. And for some reason, and I don't know how you live your life, you make your decisions, it's up to you, that's fine, but a lot of you download the episodes, but you're not subscribed to the podcast. And my thinking is, if you're already going to be there, why not subscribe? Because it doesn't do anything extra anyway. It just helps us out. You don't get spammed. You don't get emailed to death. It's nothing like that. I wouldn't let that happen. Uh, it doesn't cost you anything. So it just helps us out. So subscribe and then go take mom's phone and subscribe. And then go take Mima's phone and subscribe. We won't, we won't harass them. We promise. And after you do that, sit back, relax, and know you have done your part to make sure that Pate State flag is flying just a little bit higher tomorrow than it was today. And that's our entire goal. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you tell a buddy or two about it. Love when you guys publicly acknowledge the pod. I retweet you as much as I can. But look, I just appreciate you being a part of the show in any shape, form, or fashion. Appreciate you. Hopefully we make it through Louisiana and Mississippi, and I'm back in studio for Late Kick Live Thursday night. Until then, have yourselves a great rest of your day, and God bless. Returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown, new season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus.